Come on, get happy, you Napa Valley lovers, you. Today we're featuring a couple of very happy people. Two world-renowned winemakers, a power couple, a vintnering. Is that a word? Anyway, it's Bo and Heidi Barrett. You've heard of them. If you haven't, stay tuned. You're going to love their story. And they are very happy people. They're very cool people. They're very down-to-earth people. They've got great senses of humor. And uh, we talk about being happy, keeping people happy, the importance of happiness in life, and how it pertains to the wine business, and on and on and on. And um, I got to say, thank goodness they are so grounded and are such good sports, because we had a studio crasher who, um, you know, an unwelcomed visitor just barged into the studio towards the end of the show here, and you got to stay tuned in and see how they they handled the situation with grace and aplomb. A lot of fun ahead on today's show. In the meantime, I invite you to come visit me. We're on the Silverado Trail, the south end of Napa Valley. It's beautiful. We have a totally redesigned tasting terrace. You must experience it. Details are at www.judshill.com. You'll find out all of our visiting information. You can watch our videos. More fun there. And, of course, there's wine. Have a look around. Put some in your cart. And upon checkout, type in JNVS, Judd's Napa Valley Show, JNVS in lowercase letters, and we'll give you 15% off your entire wine order. Hooray! Now, if you're a Judd's Hill Wine Club member, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, you will get a better deal than that. And if you're not, well, of course, I think you really ought to be. It's free to join. Tons of cool stuff guaranteed coming your way. Not only wine, but you'll get invitations to events, dinners, parties. It's great. What more can I say? And it's free to join. I think I said that. Details are also at judshill.com about joining the club. Have a look. Enjoy. And also, be happy with today's show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of finkel fun. Ready for another heapful of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. You're just in time. To hear a rhyme about food and wine on Finkelstein's Judd's Napa Valley Show on 1440 KVON Radio in the beautiful Napa Valley. Oh, great. Lauren, hey, I thought you were going to introduce yourself. That's wonderful. Thank you. Well, top of the day, Judd. Top of the day. I love that you mixed that up a little bit. Well, just wanted to try something different today, but I'll go back to my regular intro next week. Okay, I'll look forward. Well, you know, I'll look forward to anything you ever want to do. I, I trust you completely. Keep coming up with, um, with these original little uh, intros. Sure. Great. What are you doing? You're a TV star now. Didn't you just have your, your bit on uh, Comcast, the new Comcast show here? I did, the Tracy Ricard show. How'd that go? It went great. And what did you do? What is your bit? Uh, we, we filmed a, a little commercial. For? For, for the show itself. Oh. And then you will be a regular on the show? Uh, yes. Uh, Mondays and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. on Hometown Network Channel 104 on Comcast. Oh, fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. I'll look forward to seeing that. Great. And hearing more about it as this bright career continues for Mr. Lauren Mole. That's me. Great. You look like you have something to ask me. Uh, You're looking at me like... Uh, no, I, I don't have anything to ask you. I just wanted to know what you were up to. Oh, what am I up to? Okay, <laughs> thanks. Uh, let's see. What is going on? You know, I just got back from Utah, of all oh, yeah. places. Yeah, how was it? It was fantastic. That oh, is... Good. In, in, in my opinion, I do a little traveling here and there. One of the most exciting and vibrant dining, food, and wine scenes going right now in the country. You think, really, Utah? But the answer is yes. Some great, talented chefs and very food and wine-savvy people are up there doing cool stuff. So that was a lot of fun. We're celebrating the 25th anniversary of Judd's Hill. Congratulations, oh, thank you. Judd. So we went up there to uh, celebrate. We have got some good support and had a series of events. And... Um, We've also started a new thing at the winery that folks can get into. It's called Food and Wine in Balance. Wow. A really fun little 
hate to call it a seminar. That sounds almost boring. But you sit oh, down, yeah. you actually have tastes of wine and different flavors of nibbles and learn how they work together. And that's going on at the winery that folks can come well, check that's, out. That's great. But this ain't a seminar with Pat Fatucci. Trust me, Judd. It ain't. It ain't. No, it's C.J. Friedman, our right. wine educator. Well, there you go. Judshill.com for more information. We've got a big show. We better get right to it. Oh, sure. Would Definitely. you like to introduce our guests? Absolutely, Judd. Thank you. You're welcome. They've a great winemaking story and have come here to share it. Totally uncensored. They say it. We'll air it. Perhaps a tale of drinking rum with a pirate and a parrot? Let's find out as we welcome... Heidi and Bo Barrett. Hey, Heidi hey. and Bo Barrett. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming here today and joining us. Sure. We're happy to be here. Fantastic. You know, you guys are pretty well known in the industry, in the Valley, subjects of countless interviews, articles, documentaries. Heidi has appeared on the Wine Booty Show. Bo, you've been portrayed by the new Captain Kirk, Chris Pine, in a major motion picture. I mean, what else... Is there to learn? It seems like we've kind of covered you. What do you want to talk about? What 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 else can we glean from you, folks? I think no, it's that we're still having a, having a great time. You know, forty years of winemaking for for me and uh, Heidi, and a long time together. It's so much fun, and there's always new stuff to do. It's a little bit like farming in that way. There's always something new. It kind of repeats itself, but there's a new twist all the time. What is the new twist? You guys are working together on a project now, right? Yeah, we started a brand called Barrett and Barrett a few years ago. We um, had never really collaborated with each other on a project, yeah. winemaking wise. We, here we've had these, you know, thirty plus year careers separately, but uh -huh. um, never really made wine together. So that was kind of our newest, our newest project. We actually started that in two thousand eight. And you're both smiling, so you must be enjoying working together. <laughs> well, collaboration. It right? starts with planting a vineyard. So we just started <laughs> picking the grapes in two thousand and ten and eleven. So it's still, you know, when you, oh. we do, yeah, we, we take things fairly seriously. So you, yeah. it's not like you just make it out of plain cloth or whole cloth mm -hmm. let's make it up so it's like hey let's do a project so uh for wine you want it for integrity you you know go with a vineyard so we picked out a spot uh that's nearby where we're familiar with the growing conditions uh over on uh, jericho canyon the next drainage over from where we grew up shout out to montalena right yeah real close and, uh, yeah it's really close and uh, we got a little vineyard going in there and uh it's been a lot of fun wonderful what did, what did you plan over there Cabernet, big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. well, why am I not surprised? I know. And you're, so you're just picking it now. There's, there's, what, what's the first harvest date? No, the first harvest date was actually 2008. Oh, we, that was the yeah, first yeah, harvest yeah. Date. That Sorry. was our first vintage was the eight, and we're selling um, 2010 now. Our third vintage is, has been released. Cool. And uh, we only make a few hundred cases a year, so it's really tiny. Um, oh. Yeah, but it's it's been really fun. It's really tasty juice for sure. Delicious high-end cab. I have no doubt. And if folks want to try it, is it available? Do you have to murder someone to get on the list? I mean, I know with no you guys it's tough no to get that's required. Yeah, you. Um, we have a hospitality guy now that's quite delightful. His name is David Devon, and he does all of our private tours and tastings, uh -huh. usually in conjunction with La Serena. So usually they, you know, if people want to visit, they can they can come up. They make an appointment. It's um, David at LaSerenaWine.com. He's good about getting back to people right away but super fun sit down tasting experience you can taste through the la serena lineup as well as barrett and barrett if you have special interest in that how fun does this happen yeah. up in calistoga it does yeah we have two locations actually we meet at actual jericho canyon winery where we make the wines even though um I don't make their wines, but I do custom crush there. Oh, so see. it's a great cave situation, a cave setting where people can taste. Yeah, that's or, beautiful. Yeah, the second location is in St. Helena. If they're passing through there and that's more convenient, we share space up at Fantesca, and they let us use their great room upstairs to taste as well. Oh, how nice. So two options. And they've got a lovely place up on the uh, they do. Up on the hill there, too. Yeah, yeah. and it's, been, it's worked out well. So you know, the north uh, of Calistoga is going to be a nice little destination uh, so that people live in Napa. I think we could recommend that our friends and colleagues, like, you know, when you're going to visit Napa Valley, stay in one little area. So, you know, north Calistoga, the Tubbs Lane, you know, mm -hmm. there's Shots of Montalena, there's Jericho, um, you know, Summers and Envy right on our little road to Amber Bay. So really, I think to keep people from moving around, spending so much time in their cars, like pick a zone, pick a spot, you know, if you're and really like you're over at Crystal Springs or you're on West Infidel, like and I think we could all help the visitors to Napa Valley by steering them to, you know, localize and, and you know, focus where they're going to make their daily visits. And that's what we had great experience with that, you know, they visit 
um, Barrett and Barrett or La Serena over at Jericho and then just slide right over to Chateau Montalain. It's, you know, less than a mile away. It's all right there. I think there's something to that. We get folks, you know, in our tasting room down at the south end of Silverado Trail who I hear about the odyssey they've been on all day trying to squeeze in as many wineries as possible, covering, you know, from Spring Mountain to Howell Mountain. And not only does that sound exhausting, I think it's a little dangerous, you know. You're drinking yeah. that much I do too. wine exactly. and zooming around, speeding around, you know, the valley and these windy roads we have up in the hills. Um, so for the real wine enthusiasts to really get a feel for the specific areas within Napa Valley, that's a great idea. Yeah, and, and uh, hopefully when, when we were talking about, you know, before the show we were talking about what's good for all of Napa Valley, I think, and this is a good place to mention, it's like, hey, you know, all you guys in your tasting rooms or in your cars right now when you get there and, you, and your friends are calling – Make this recommendation, and it helps all of us to uh, make visiting Napa uh, more special for all of our friends. You know, we're all in this together, and the rising tide lifts all the boats, and I just think it's something this is a great spot to just throw out this idea. It's like let's work together and uh, keep things together. Yeah, it's, it's a fine, fine idea. So you said 40 years. 40 <laughs> years you've been here. Yeah. Thank you, Lauren, <laughs> giving a little love. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you have a little experience of uh, showing people around Napa Valley. Yeah, this is a, I don't know. Sometimes I think it might have been a misspent youth. Oh, no. <laughs> How's that? No, I, I don't know. I started when I was 18 picking up rocks in a vineyard, and for some bizarre reason, I still like working in a vineyard. You do? <laughs> I, I, I have that twisted farmer gene, I think. Let's delve into a little bit of the background. I, I, I said we weren't going to go too deep because so much has already been you know talked about and written. A lot of folks who listen do know, but some don't. So it was 1972 was the year you came with your father... Exactly. Purchased yeah, I gra- the Chateau Montalena. Exactly. Yeah, my dad and his partnership uh, were restarting Chateau Montalena. It had been pretty much abandoned since the uh, 30s, and that vineyard had to be replanted. It had all kinds of weird prohibition varieties, and so basically it was a you know the dirt floor and an empty mm. building, and they just started from nothing and just planted the vineyard and started you know pouring concrete in the floor and putting in some tanks and. Uh, that's when we started. It was you know, it was a really pretty exciting time, and it was uh, you thinking back on it, it's like wow, that was uh, pretty rustic. And we you know for the stuff we had and the uh, skill set we had, we made really good wines. And uh, you know it's kind of how much has it changed? We got a lot fancier equipment, but our spirit's still in the same place. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. And in '72, there there was, um, I mean, Napa Valley was Napa Valley, but it wasn't Napa Valley, and your wines really helped kind of make us Napa Valley as we know it now, um, which, of course, was the subject of this film I alluded to earlier. Before I even get into that, though, I'm curious. Did you have a choice? I, I want to step back a second. When your dad bought this, you said you are about 18. Was there much of a choice? I guess you're 18. You could have gone off and done oh, yeah. your own no, thing. Yeah, but no, absolutely. No, my, my, I was not uh, even encouraged. I said, here's an opportunity. I have four brothers and sisters, and no. none of them came into the business. Uh, you know, winemaking, it sounds all fun and sexy and cool to own a winery, but it's not. You know, everybody <laughs> around here knows no. it's, a, it's a lot of work. It, it's <laughs> constant work. It's a great career if you like to work, because there's always something to do, whether it's filling out government papers or weeding or killing gophers. <laughs> yeah, winemaking. <laughs> you know? The romance. Oh, yeah, You're it's selling like, it. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a sexy and cool winery owner. <laughs> Come out and catch gophers with me. <laughs> but, uh, no, so, no, I had the opportunity to do other things, and people ask me, what would you do if this hadn't worked out? And that's you know, impossible to answer. I probably would have you know, stuck with flying, maybe. I don't know. Right, being a pilot. Exactly. Yeah. Do you want to touch on the film? Yeah, the film. The film. Okay. So they said they're going to make this movie, Ball of Shock, about uh, the Paris tasting. Right. And well, my first comment, I'm pretty pragmatic old farmer. I said, well, it's going to be eight minutes long. You know, pe- people <laughs> working really hard made a good wine and wanted to taste it. They said, no, this is going to be a love story to Napa Valley and California wine. We're going to add a bunch of stuff, and it's going to be based on the real events. But basically, it is a love story to California wine. That's why it's not a documentary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a fanciful telling of the people's visions of the time. And their love for the land and things like that. So I think they were very successful in that regard. You know, was my character super accurate? No. Did I box with my dad? No. I argued with him, but that doesn't. You know, that's a radio thing. <laughs> so it, it ended up being a really good thing, and I think it uh, it helped all of all of California wine. I think it helped wine in general because as Americans get over prohibition. It makes people more comfortable with it. So as the heartland of America, you know, when you're talking about Utah drinking wine and we're talking about Minneapolis and um, Indianapolis and, you know, 
you know, Arkansas and everybody, all those people that missed out on wine thanks to Prohibition, now they're getting into it. And I think the film in general, again, you know, I hate to be repetitive, but the rising tide lifts all the boats, so it sure. makes all the Americans more comfortable with the idea that, hey, wine's not scary. It's just a, it is a bunch of people working really hard. It's not corporations. It's not giant entities, you know, forcing food upon It's like with the lat between farm to table, I think that has helped too. But basically how wine still is people bringing something to other people. It's mm. a very human occupation. And I think that was a good thing about it. And I think it makes people more comfortable with it across the country and across the world. You know, it's been translated in, in Korea. They ask me questions about it too. So it's really, I think it's been a terrific thing for uh, the wine industry and of course it's been great for for me at chat the want to land i think it's fun i mean having captain kirk and me same guy you know that's pretty cool (laughs) i like jack ryan a lot too though (laughs) oh that's right he was in that that movie as well that just came out well it's good to hear you know there have been some that maybe being one of the bigger ones and um sideways as well a couple very high profile wine centric movies and then just in general media movies television you see a lot more characters talking about and drinking wine very cool and heidi you you also are from the area. Exactly. You, I grew, grew up, up here. here. Yeah, yeah, I did. My family moved here in the late 60s, actually. We yeah. came here in 1968, and my dad was a winemaker and was the successor at, at BV in Rutherford after um, Andrei Chelichev, sure. a very famous Russian winemaker, was there for many years and chose my dad to be his successor. So wow. he packed up the family. Up up we came um, to Little St. Helena. We mm-hmm. moved there in 1968, as I said. I went to school at RLS and all oh. of that, so total You two will have girl. to give each other the handshake, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So talking about um, what the world was of wine was like in the Napa Valley when you said in 1972, it was a very sleepy little area. There, there weren't very many wineries at that time. So um, kind of fun to have grown up here then and have seen all the changes in the valley over the years. And I think about Um, When my sister and I used to ride horses all around the valley, there were no fences then. We would just, we would ride our horses to take them to the vet, actually. We didn't have a horse trailer. Yeah. So we would just, you know, ride them down from, we lived off of uh, Deer Park Road, Fawn Park Road, that area, and we'd ride them to Ellers Lane, swim them in the Napa River on the way sometimes, and then just take them (laughs) down there to go get their shots, and then we'd ride them home. So it was really, yeah, it was quite fun. What a childhood. Yeah. Then what got you into into winemaking? Obviously, your father's a winemaker, but what made you decide that this is a path you wanted to follow as well? Yeah, that was something that came later, like probably my last year in high school where I'd already been working in various cellars as a summer job, kind of typical thing, whatever your family does is your easiest way to get a job as a kid. Yeah. If your parents don't hire you, who will? <laughs> so uh, that was my, my start. But I actually really liked it, and it suited my personality very well. I was good at science. My mom was an artist, so I had the creative gene as well. And this mix of art and science, I thought, wow, that's quite a fun thing. And also taking something from the earth, the agricultural aspect of it, I love as well. love growing things, gardening, all that. Mm-hmm. So I um, thought, why not give it a try? I applied at UC Davis, fortunately got in. It was my only <laughs> only <laughs> application. It? Yeah, in those days, Davis we didn't apply to you know a lot of places like all the kids do now. They have all their backup plans and all that. We just It was just a straight shot, just apply there, got in, and all my jobs were geared towards eventually becoming a winemaker someday yeah and then you was your first job with justin meyer or was that yeah it was right out of davis justin hired me to work at at that time franciscan mm-hmm. it was um right there same place it is now right between uh, saint helena and rutherford and silver oak was being made there at that time so this would oh, have been okay. 1980 so before they built their own winery um i got to work on silver oak as well as the franciscan wines in the cellar there for a couple years. Wow, the pedigree just gets deeper and deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Was that your launching pad? I mean, from there, is that when you picked up more... winemaking clients yeah how did actually, that how did you make that yeah it kind transition? of all there were lots of pieces to the puzzle then even while i was at davis i i took off and and worked a, a harvest in germany and right after franciscan yeah. went to work in australia a crush um then uh moved on worked worked for a guy named jerry looper that was a oh, really sure. well-known yeah cool. and so i learned a ton from jerry i was assistant winemaker for him that's actually a common thread for Bo and i both were assistants to jerry looper because he oh. of course used to work yeah. at uh, there, there's Montaigne. probably a there's more people work for Jerry in Napa Valley that have had good careers, especially of our age group. But Jerry was one of the prime mentors of the late 70s, early 80s. He was, uh, 
a very good mentor, you know, Tom Rinaldi. There's a, there's, you could probably ask around. There's a bunch of people who worked for Jerry over the years. Yeah, I learned a ton from him as well. A lot of good, just sound, traditional basics that, uh, that mm. still serve me well today. Oh, good. Um, yeah, and then from there, I think my, my biggest break becoming a winemaker was going to work for the Buellers, actually, in 1983. Ah. I was only 25, but I finally had the title winemaker, which was a big job at that time. And they were up on for, the hill at that they, point as well? Yeah, they are. Still are. Yeah, where yeah. they still are. Yep. Up and Greenfield so, Road. Exactly. Yeah. Up there. And that was a great opportunity where I really started to get some notice for the wines that I was making. Yeah. They, they started getting good reviews and um, and people took notice. And then from there, we, Bo and I had gotten married, had a couple of kids. So I switched over to what I now call independent winemaking, mm-hmm. um, where I work for multiple clients as their winemaker, but none of them are full time. And that's where one of my first clients was Della Valley. Also, Screaming Eagle was starting then, and right, right. I was their their winemaker. So, some of those really, you know, launched, and people yeah, started to noticing. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah just I a mean, little yeah. bit. Yeah. You really, I mean, that's the best of both worlds. I mean, you had the freedom to not be, you know, tied to one place because you had these kids. And that was really working out, absolutely launched. Did you then find yeah. yourself, I would imagine... You know, ha- making that decision to really have more time for family and then, as you said, launching as you did, did that not tie you up or no, more it was demands actually, on you? People? Yeah, I kind of geared it around raising kids. That was okay. my number one mission. I was like, all good, right, good, I'm good. a mom. I'm going to raise these little guys. And i um, so glad that it worked out that way. But to still be a winemaker, to make, you know, gear the job towards running, you know, being a good option for our family. Mm-hmm. And so I just took as many clients as I could, where I could still be home most of the time, but go out, you know, part-time uh, making wine at these little companies. So it worked right. great for our family. It's interesting how you know, form follows function. In that case, I geared, you know, it around my kids. And uh, then as they went off to school, I took more clients and switched out a few and upgraded and all of that and just got a really good um, portfolio going. And I I still work that way now. I have eight clients currently that I make wine for. I love the variation of that. It's never a dull moment. I work with some great owners, um, a lot of fun, and I have a lot of great vineyards that I get to work with. So super fun. I really enjoy it. Good. Yeah, like I said, you guys are always smiling when I see you. So, but how did how did the two of you meet? You were both in the valley. Were you <laughs> yeah. set up? Was it uh, was it over was it over sipping wine and nibbling on cheese? Yeah, and yeah. you It's very irrational mind. There's five different people see the crime or seven people. Everybody, yes. everybody tells the story a little differently, including us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, who wants to go first, Lauren? <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Bo usually likes to jokingly say we met in a bar, and I will jump in and correct him and say actually it was a saloon oh <laughs> yeah Even better do you remember the, the old um yachtville saloon yeah, the famous yachtville saloon. sure sure yeah so before that backing up we were in a tasting group where we never really thought we were each other's type but then out dancing at the yachtville saloon it's like wow you're more fun than i thought this is ah. this is good yeah but cutting a rug at the saloon exactly. yeah exactly cutting a rug at the saloon because we had been introduced by some people that thought uh some of my friends said oh you should meet this girl heidi who's worked for justin over at uh and i was going oh you know i don't know about nice girls you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice wasn't your time uh, yeah or a little i don't know i don't i was i was baffled i got i got better though but yeah, we met at the Avenue Saloon. It was you know the swinging doors and the bear on the wall and those great old bands that would play up there were really funny. You know, Commander Cody and you know that whole group of uh, San Francisco kind of former Haight Ashbury types were hanging down there. Mm-hmm. A lot of country rock. We just had a good old time. And uh, you know when you get the lightning bolt, it hit both of us at the same wow. time, and it was just uh, pretty remarkable. Yeah, they, that was such a fun place in those days to have this uh, little, you know, venue where probably they had live music five nights a week in the Valley and just all the young crowd at that time, that was the hot spot. It was super fun. Um, and some pretty famous guys like Elvin Bishop, as Bo said, played and uh, Taj Mahal and some, you know, some pretty iconic um, critters played there at the saloon. So at the Yontville Saloon, yeah, it was super fun. There's nothing like that around here anymore. You know, Ponches needs to step up then. They you do. Start booking some acts. Yeah, yeah. It's, what, it's what these young people. All you young people, get with the program. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's getting a lightning struck at the saloon. And Pretty much made history. Yep. Very cool. You know, we got to take a little break. Okay. We're gonna be back with Heidi Barrett, Bo Barrett, Lauren Mole. We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after these messages. La, 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 la. 
everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, back to Judd's Napa Valley Show with me, Lauren Mole, and your host, Chad Finkelstein. Thank you very much, Lauren Mole. It's indeed a pleasure to hear those dulcet tones coming out of the famed professional announcer voice box of yours. That's me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we are here with Heidi Barrett and Bo Barrett. Great to see you guys. You too. The powerhouse of winemaking here Woo-hoo. in Napa Valley. We've talked a little bit about wine. What else do you guys do? You, you are so multifaceted. Uh, I know, uh, Heidi, you're an artist. You're both pilots. You both love scuba diving and skiing and, I mean, on and on and on of, you know, Renaissance folks. Let's, let's talk about some other aspects of your lives. Let's yeah, let folks we, in. We do have a good time for sure. And we, that's, you know, part of the attraction early on was, gosh, we, we found out we both love to ski. We both love to travel. We're both scuba divers. Yeah, um, Heidi was taking flying lessons. I had my pilot's license in 74, and Heidi was taking flying lessons when I met her. Oh, yeah. so that yeah, kind of so helped. It yeah. did. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Love yeah. is in the air. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sometimes very that's yeah. very true, Lauren. Very good, Lauren. <laughs> so were some of those first dates, did you guys uh, fly around places for romantic picnic and other no. spots? Well, yeah, we did go flying a few times, but more scuba diving trips. Oh. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it was mostly say, diving. Yeah, yeah. The thing's... The thing that has turned out to be the one of the very best things you can do, because, you know, it's such an amazing planet, and it is the water planet, and people that sure. know me know I'm kind of one of those, look at the bumper stickers on my truck, you know, there's sharks, and, you know, reef alliance, all that stuff, and so, the, but for uh, family trips, uh, diving is hard to beat, because um, you don't have to be super strong, you don't have to be a good swimmer, and the underwater world is just so spectacular, and it just ties us uh, really well to the planet. We've had a great time, and I think it's one of the things that, uh, you know, we did it just as our dating. Our first trip we ever went on was um, a travel trip. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to marry a girl or a guy, you know, <laughs> let's go travel with them. And let's not yeah. just go travel. Let's do something where there's lots of stuff and opportunities for things to go wrong. So diving is one of those. And we, you know, Heidi was a terrific diver and a super gal and fun to travel with. So away we went, and we're still, you know, diving and traveling and having fun together. Well, yeah. where was it, and, and what did you do? Where, where did that connection, was, where, that where, where was it made? That first trip was to Mexico. We yeah, went to, I think, I think Cozumel. Yeah, Cozumel on a sun trips. You know, we were back. on a budget in those days, mm-hmm. bought the cheapy sun trips, trip to Cozumel, <laughs> uh, and yeah. all it was was an airplane uh, ticket, and we'd stayed at, like, you know, $12, I'm not kidding, $7, $12 motels and spent all of our money on the dive boats uh. and eating tacos, and, you know, it's like when you when you meet somebody of that, I mean, that's a really pretty high standard. It's like, I'm going to Mexico, but I'm not going to stay in a nice hotel. Mm-hmm. And the girl says, that's cool. Um, we're not going to go to fancy El Presidente restaurants. So the girl says, oh, that's cool. I, I went, can we get the street, you know, roasted chicken? And I said, oh, this is the right way to go. And so that's how we started traveling back. You know, we were pretty yeah. broke. I mean, you got to remember, we've been in the wine business long enough that there wasn't a lot of money in, mm-hmm. in our business in those days. You know, and your dad and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of guys our yeah. age will tell you, this was not always, you know, fun and games that you see here in the you know, the post-millennial world where there's actually money in the Napa Valley. It's in the 70s and the 80s, uh, you know, really up into the mid-90s. It was, you know, not always fun and games in this business, and it could come again that way, too. But anyway, we were. it was not, it was not a, um, a, a particularly lucrative um, occupation. Oh, I remember well. I grew up in a barn. Yeah, I grew so up I mean, literally. Yeah, you know, in you know, a I know barn. I've known your folks a long well, time. Well, and, you know, you know, were getting it going. <laughs> we lived in a barn. Yeah, exactly. And our kids could tell you the <laughs> same awesome. thing. You know, it's like until they were you know 15, uh, 18, you know, until they were in high school, it was you know. I mean, Heidi used to take the little girls to sell tomatoes at the farmer's market to, yeah. you know, help the family out. And so. Oh, yeah. Well, I would say there were definitely still fun and games. We just didn't have a lot of money, but we, we still had a blast and we and we still do. And that's, you know, not always a requirement. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we would uh, say, stay in a, a cheapy hotel that was fine. And then we'd save all our money for doing fun stuff so that we could rent a scooter and drive to the other side of the island and go to the yeah. beach and get tacos they were great fresh fish out at the lighthouse you know just for you know pennies really I and mean, it was mm. you can have a lot of fun if you get creative with it so um so that's one of our activities is we love to dive together our kids do as well um you, we do you have these i've heard legends 
of these dive trips that you guys go on. Yeah, we have some good with dive trips. Rum and pirates, and of course wine, I'm sure, and, and like talent shows you guys get into. Yeah. And yeah, we have one coming up. I'm usually the uh, the group organizer. I do yeah. a, a group trip every other year, uh-huh. and uh, this this July I've got uh, 16 people. We're going to Indonesia actually oh, this wow. time. Yeah, so kind of a big trip, and it's a fun group. Everybody's you know the whole the whole group. They're all good sports. Everybody travels well together they're all fun whatever it is everybody's up for it so if we night dive there's all 16 and you know going off diving at night um, we have pirate night usually during the trip, so everybody knows packed yeah, up pirate gear. Yeah, you fit in good at that one. <laughs> yeah, Judd, well, you my pirate right would. Yeah. Yeah. Captain Raven. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. You got yeah, a let's see. Let's see if Captain Wiley Raven is even listening right now. <laughs> well, Captain, if you're listening, call in. We don't take calls on this show. Never no. mind. <laughs> He'll find a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun, and then that that pirate night also turns into a little mini talent show or talentless show, whatever you can tell jokes <laughs> or do acrobatics or you know whatever. Um, and it's what just do fun. you do, Heidi? Um, I'm I'm good on uh, skydiver. Actually, we usually have the uh, you know it's sort of a little mini Cirque du Soleil show. What, wait a minute, what's the talent show? Skydiving? What? Yeah, do you know skydiver? Oh, it's when the, bo- no. the it's two people. The bottom person you know lays on their back and supports the other oh, person oh. up on their feet, and then yes. they have to let go with your arms, and you say skydiver. It's you know very silly, but quite. So that's your talent. Yeah, that's You're one of the things. I've skydiver been, talent. Do skydiver? Yeah, I can hula hoop. Who knew? Right? Actually, I did. You did? I've I've seen you. Wow. I've seen you do the little hula. No, I've only seen you hula without the hoop. I take it back. Okay. My, I'm sorry. All right, that next a luau? time we're going to have to get a hoop. Doing the hookie lao hula. Yep. <laughs> you, I know you're a good hula dancer, but hula hooping as well. I can do hula hoop. Oh, yeah. Are you one of these hoopers that do all the... I used to be at good old RLS, eighth yeah. grade. I think I was hula hoop champion, actually. No kidding. Yeah, I know. Little known facts. Oh, oh I'm so glad you mentioned that. That didn't show up in my research for today's show. <laughs> yeah, I don't put that on my resume either. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you ought to. Yeah. You'd have a whole new demographic coming yeah. to visit you. And then skiing. We love to ski. We just were up at Sugar Bowl the last two days. We skied yeah. um, Sunday, Monday. Nobody is up there. And you guys, it's so good. There's enough snow and nobody's going. And it's super Super fun. So can't right. recommend it enough. Yeah. I'm on my way. Yeah. Lauren, take over. I'm off. Okay. <laughs> All right. Back to Bo. Talent show. What is your thing? The, uh, I think my claim, we did the Tempest in two acts. What? <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of the girls uh, that's, uh, had, a, had a drunken lobster, a rum drinking lobster attacked her. It was, so it was kind of, uh, kind of a demented. Uh, so, yeah, the, that, was, that was pretty fun. Uh, and the, I think uh, now that I'm kind of with the pirate captain, I, uh, you know, the, determining who gets keel hauled and who doesn't get keel hauled is uh, what happens now. But yeah, I, I, I think my gla- greatest claim to fame was the Tempest in two acts. That was pretty funny. I, I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I too was speechless. Shakespeare and I with saw drunken it. lobsters and pirates. Yeah, that's pretty much how it went. But the, oh, the, but the girl was quite good. The gr- our, yeah. our, our female lead was terrific. You know, she was, oh yeah, yeah. yeah she you was, got Dame somebody or other. Yeah, I forget. I forget okay. what her name was. But I wasn't the. <laughs> I, it was the, the writing. This was actually in Mexico on a beach out in the, in the Sea of Cortez, and that one didn't involve quite as much rum as the, the tequila. Which <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> I think you had to be there. I wished I had been. <laughs> that sounds like a blast. <sighs> yeah. Where should we go from here? I'm I'm just delighting in the imagery. Can we just have some dead air while I just ponder? Okay, we can take a little rest. Think of you on the... No, let's not. We talked earlier about dead air is no good in our society. Why is that? I'm just going to keep talking until somebody else says something. Okay. Uh, No. Piloting, but not just airplanes. No, not just airplanes. The whirly kind. Yeah. um, Yeah, we both became uh, helicopter pilots. Probably, let's see, about, when did you get your I got license? I got the add-on about five years ago. Yeah. And yours is and about three and a half. Yeah, I think I passed my check ride about, yeah, 2010, actually. So coming up on four years, but started flying in 2006. So, so um, tell me what you do with that. Are you off on excursions? Do you commute to work? I mean, how, that yes. sounds exciting, being yes a helicopter yes. pilot. It is super fun, I have to tell you. It's something I wanted to do my whole life and kind of waited for the, our daughters to grow up to, to do it. Uh-huh. Um and I, we do some fun excursions as well as I fly it to work sometimes. Really? I, um, yeah. So we have we have one, which is amazing in itself. I <laughs> dream come true. I pinch myself all the time. I can't believe. Winemaker, artist, happened. helicopter owner. Yes, exactly. Yes, and pilot. So um, yeah, I I 
I fly up to Kenzo Estate sometimes, which is uh, normally would take me about an hour by car, mm. um, and is about 15 minutes to fly there, which is super oh, wow. cool. Yeah, and they have a great landing spot right up there. It just I land in a in a field. It's flat. You need a flat spot. And in the fall, I can do vineyard visits. So oh. all my different accounts, a lot of them have vineyards that are way up in the hills and a lot of windy roads that are slow going in a car. And you're up the hill, down the hill, up to the <laughs> next canyon, down the hill to go sample. And now I just can kind of crow hop across the tops, um, like little five-minute flights in between. Land, I land out at um, Summerston is, is one where I, I purchase fruit for a couple mm-hmm. clients. They've got a great little uh, paved landing area by the winery and even a windsock for me, so that's helpful. <laughs> uh, I land up at Osome. It's at the top of Atlas Peak. There's right. just a gravel pad they pushed out on the side of the hill. Just, just for you? Yeah, just come come in and land, check grapes, hop back in, fly to the next spot. So it's it's uh, really a lot of fun. It's um, very busy when you fly a helicopter. It's both hands, both feet, eyes outside. It's, you know, serious business, mm. but... It's very exhilarating at the same time. I really, I really do love it. It's really uh, fun. I can imagine. And is the yeah. is the helicopter parked at your house or nearby? It is when the weather is good. We are able to keep it home. We live um, outside of the city limits in Calistoga at the mm-hmm. foot of Mount St. Helena. So we don't have any close by neighbors and we're just on the side of the hill. So we pushed out a little flat area Great. Um, where we can keep it sometimes when the weather's good. If it's stormy, which it hasn't been a lot, of not course, this, this winter. Yeah, no. not this year. Darn. Um, then we keep it over in a hangar in Santa Rosa, so it's protected. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, the ag operations in a helicopter are pretty, you know, agricultural operations. It's pretty typical. Actually, we use it like more like they would have in Australia. Like, we buy our Riesling for Chateau Montalena up in Potter Valley, and that's to go up to Potter Valley. Everybody knows how long it takes to drive to Potter Valley, but I can run up to Potter Valley, look at the vineyard for 10 minutes, and then come right back. And it really, it does, it saves days. It sa- Literally, it saves days during the harvest. And you know, everybody in our business, everybody who's listening around here knows how busy we get during yeah. the harvest. And you start saving days. And I'm yeah. literally, for Heidi, it makes a difference of days of the week. I would imagine, yeah, time. as busy as you are with all the Absolutely. clients running yeah. around. And, so, and for me, too. So it's, it's, it's handy. Uh, so it's actually more, it's, <laughs> we, we, that started out as a kind of like an excuse, like, oh, we're going to get this helicopter, it's going to save us a bunch of time. And I'll be damned, it actually did save some time. Wow. <laughs> and it's fun. And it's yeah, cool. fun. Yeah. And it's fun to fly together, too. Lots of times we'll just go for currency practice, just stay current. You have to keep your hover skills up and all of that stuff. Mm. It's it's kind of tricky. So sometimes we just, you know, go out and fly for fun, do hover around and pickups and set downs and, and just fly for fun, go out to the coast and look around. Quite pretty. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Wow. How cool. I've been, yeah. I've been out and about here in the valley where a helicopter has gone over and a couple times, whoever I'm with, so that must, you know, there goes Heidi, there goes Bo, you know. I don't know yeah. if it is you or not. I'm not sure what kind yeah. of helicopter you have, yeah. but, but you have the reputation. Ours, helicopter ours is goes the qu- very quiet one, the one that doesn't make hardly any noise at all. It doesn't dis- disturb the neighbors. It's the quietest, yeah, it meets the Swiss regulations. This, no, it doesn't disturb it's the neighbors. It's very quiet. It's, it's super and it's quiet. a very pretty sky blue. You can't miss it. It's kind of a metallic oh. sky blue, so with a kind of a high rotor mass, so it's a very distinct Sounds distinct lovely. style. Yeah. It's a pretty one. It's a girly copter. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. For the for the elegant wines that you exactly. make, exactly. Yeah, the feminine to, touch. You'll have to come for that. a ride sometime if you Uh-oh. want. Oh, um, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt here. Uh, Lauren, guess who just showed up? Who's okay, um, I've got to uh, I've got to uh, explain this for a sec. Okay, so what happened, Heidi and Bo? I've got to explain this to you. Um, here at Judd's Napa Valley Show, we have a research lab, and the scientists there have have well, they've developed using. Parts found in the recycle bin outside uh, of Robert Parker's house have assembled a robot wine aficionado. That was the goal. Something kind of happened uh, with the circuitry, the wiring. I'm not very technical. I don't know. Things got a little reversed. Unfortunately, uh, not much of a wine aficionado, but a complete wine snob robot. And I think, uh, yeah, Lauren, he's... He's coming in right now. Well, we should let him in. Uh-oh. Oh, here he is. Well, let's let's welcome our guest. Uh, you... Hello, wine snob robot. You made it. Yes, I am here. Can I be of help? Well, I'd like you to. Uh, I'm almost embarrassed to <laughs> introduce you, but um, I'd like you to meet. Uh, this is Bo and Heidi Barrett. You know, winemakers extraordinaire. Oh, terrific! I 
I'm sorry, but I can't say that I've heard of either one of you. Are you new to winemaking? <laughs> They're yeah. not. They're not. No, come on, wine snow. That's that's kind of impolite. Well, so was Heidi for sending me this last Serena cab before the show. I'm afraid I can't drink it. What do you mean? That's 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 like yeah. that's her famous wine. Do She's, you do you have a corkscrew? Not exactly. I have a palate sensor nine thousand. Well. So won't you, we'll just try it with your palate sensor 9000. I think you're supposed to not taste the cork. You're supposed to taste what's in the bottle, Mr. Robot. Well, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't go sticking it into a sink full of dirty dishwater. <laughs> what? That is rude. Seriously, you, you must try this wine. The, the terroir is extraordinary. Terroir or just plain terror? The nose reminds me of a liquid version of weaponized anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! That's that's just over the line, wine snob robot. Come on, you mu you must taste this. I insist. Very well. That sounded good. What do you think? You you okay over there, wine snob robot? Uh oh. Uh oh. Sorry, this wine just put me into sleep mode. It, it literally concussed my taste buds, which is a nice way of saying I did not enjoy it. Oh, wine snob robot, that is not nice. All right, let's move on. Uh, do you have any questions for our guests here? Um, I guess I would ask, is this the first time you ever made wine? <laughs> yeah, just beginner's luck, I guess. Oh, come on, no. She's, she's, no, she's kidding. No, no, that's one of Heidi's wines. She's been making wine for over 30 years. You know, she's one of the... She's recognized as one of the world's greatest vintners. That's strange. Well, it is versatile. <laughs> well, that, that sounds like a compliment. <laughs> yes, maybe you can add it to a can of SpaghettiOs you're cooking or use it to unclog a shower drain at a truck stop. No, wine snob robot. <laughs> that is not fair. Don't you like, do you like any wine from Napa? Screaming Eagle is okay in a pinch. Well, hey, that's one of Heidi's wines. She got that one going. Yeah, I used to make that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say Screaming Eagle? I meant to say Seagram's Regal. <laughs> it's a wine cooler with very good breeding. <laughs> oh, no, my... This last Serena Williams, I don't know why it was named after a tennis star, but it's a real number on my palate sensor 9000. Well, is, is, is that good or bad? Is it good when you toss a toaster into a bathtub? Kind of the same thing. It doesn't belong in my processor, like throwing garbage into a diamond-encrusted goblet. All right, that's it. That's it. I'm not going to let you speak to my guests like that. You need to hit the bricks, wine snob robot. You've done nothing but insult my guests. May I take some of this wonderful wine with me? Oh, so you do like it? No, I just don't have any bug spray, and I saw some big mosquitoes outside the studio. I'm also running low on windshield wiper fluid. All right, get out, wine snob robot, now. Oh, no, this Cabernet has triggered a force quit. Uh, my hard drive is designed to self-destruct when it swills a varietal that needed a few more years in the cellar. Help! All right, I'm wheeling them out right now. This is worse than the time I stepped on that down power line. Oh, help me. Oh, I'm going to die. Oh, no. One more 53 Bordeaux, please, before I... Oh, what a shame. Wine snob robot, everyone. Wine snob robot. Cha-cha <laughs> robot. Yeah, I'm sorry, Barrett's Heidi Bo. You had to... Uh experience that we we really were trying to work on that to be a, a little more of aficionado and he just wine snob robot he's working on it you know yeah you gotta start somewhere all right lauren back to the lab with those parts see if you can reassemble them will you yeah sure all right robot back to the lab you go <laughs> pick up pick up those parts <laughs> all right where were we we were talking about the helicoptering the scuba pirate parties let's talk about folks Getting some of this delicious wine, the Serena Williams wine. Is that what Wine Snob Robot called it? 
think he did. I, I never heard of wine like that La before. La Sirena, uh, named after the mermaid. Yes, it is. La so, Sirena means mermaid in both Spanish and Italian. What attracted you to the mermaid? It was the diving connection, for sure. My other love of uh, just things to do on the earth, scuba diving. And if I didn't make wine, I probably would have been a marine biologist. So it was sort of a way for me to combine two things that I love, oh. kind of the magic element of, of mermaids with the magic element of wine and my love of the ocean with uh, with making fine wine. So, yeah, a way to combine those two things. Mermaids, and then you also have the pirate, Treasure yes, Red. which does go with mermaids as well. Yeah, so, very nautical. Yeah, one of, the, one of the La Serena wines is called Pirate, which is a blend of seven varieties, like Treasure of the Seven Seas was my thought around that. Mm -hmm. And that's a really fun wine. comes in a, a bottle that looks surprisingly like a rum bottle. Shocker, I know. Yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, you've had that. That's Well, great. I'm going to put in the plug, actually. You came on when that was first coming out to... Our own um, web series, Wine Booty, yes. you were the inaugural guest, and we were talking about that wine with our own wine pirate, Wiley Raven. And if folks would like to see that, winebooty.com, look at episode one with Heidi Barrett, and you came in semi-pirate gear. And yeah, had, had my time. pirate outfit, even got to walk the plank. You it did. was super fun. You made it back to shore. You're here. I did. I swam all that way <laughs> and I made it into the pirate lair. That was kind of a tight squeeze, but you know, you crawl through a barrel and out you come into this magic land. It was really fun. Yes. So yeah, I it kind of feels like an episode of Survivor, doesn't it? Kind of did. Yeah, <laughs> kind of did. And she did survive. So winebooty.com. You can go on YouTube and type in wine booty, but folks, let me tell you, I'm not taking any responsibility for what else might come up in that search. So winebooty.com will get you there. And folks can get this uh, through the website, can get it directly from you, laserinawine.com. Exactly. And they can also visit if they contact our hospitality uh, guru, David, at laserinawine.com. And he's so much fun. I guarantee you'll have a blast if you meet up with David. Cool. Cool. And I like the tagline on the uh, La Serena Facebook page because you have all these other clients. You're known for making other folks wine. But this says uh, La Serena, Heidi Baird's own winery. That's right. That's my own winery. That's the Let's one. Let's not confuse that, this. Yeah, exactly. That I focus on the wines that I truly love to make and drink. So that's that's what I what I do. Good, good. And Bo, folks can come see you. Yeah, Montalana, it's a really good good place to visit. Uh, that uh, we have the you know Jade Lake was built with the yeah. Chinese islands and the bridges and it's really good and uh, we have a good selection of wines they all stand alone we talked about the Riesling and good old Napa Valley Zinfandel and of course Chardonnay and Cabernet that's a really really uh, special spot in the northern Napa Valley right at the you know we got our name Mount St Helena Chateau Montalena it's you know a good it's at the top of Napa Valley and it's a good place to start your day. Uh, it's open seven days a week, except for a couple of the big holidays. And uh, our website is montalena.com, which is left out the chateau, trying to keep things simple. Yeah. So people spell it properly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Montalena, no H, uh, M-O-N-T-E-L-E-N-A. Montalena.com. You know, yeah. one of my earliest memories of visiting wineries with my parents in Napa Valley was the Chateau sure, Montalena yeah, and visiting the, 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 the little lake and the... The Chinese pagoda style. It was yeah. really cool. Made an impression. Yeah, no, I remember when you were a little guy that our, our parents, you know, knew each other from yeah. SoCal because they were both, you know, refugees from Southern California. And, That's uh, right. <laughs> says your uncle, who was close to my dad, you know. Yeah, and you know, I wanted to mention something that I've, I've read several places that your dad said, and I think it sums up what life should be in general. And he, he said, you know, I wanted to do something to make people happy. Yeah. And I see that quote often with Chateau Montalene, and I think... Let's all live by that. Yeah. And you guys are certainly living by that. Yeah. People ask us, uh, why, you know, and I, I think it's a valid question. You know, you know, after, you know, 30 or 40 years of you know, making wine, what makes it, what, what, what's the value of it? Why, what makes it special? Let's say, you think about the job. At the end of the day, the job is to make people, people's lives a little bit better one glass at a time. And that is an immensely rewarding occupation. May we all make people happy. I've got a big question for you I've got to ask right now. Heidi Barrett, Bo Barrett. Do you go nuts for donuts? <laughs> go nuts for donuts. Well, he's bringing a pink box to you right <laughs> oh, now. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. Right, he's not kidding. Darn scotch tape. Sure Have enough. There. There's donuts in We're there. We're going to go quickly here. So pick one of those donuts. There's quite an array. Okay, I'll have the one with the nuts on there. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, there's Phew. the crumb donut. Not for this Bo. time. A crumb. I'm and tempted by this toxic-looking pink one, but I kind of like maple. <laughs> I think I'm going for the maple. Maple fashion. That is the yeah. classic. Yeah. I'm All right. That. Holy smokes! So here you are in Napa Valley. Yeah, folks, go for that more than any other. Lauren, We're in you Napa want Valley. the pink one? Oh, no thanks. Good. We're, <laughs> We're nibbling donuts. What are you pairing uh, first, Bo, with that crumb donut? 
Okay, let me have a bite of this crumb donut. We're gonna go here. quickly. All right, got only ready? a couple minutes. Have a bite, Heidi. Uh, you can, t- if you want to go with your maple, if you've got something. Maple. I'm thinking riesling. The riesling. Yeah. Uh, oh, riesling. Montalena riesling. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would go with that too. But as a backup, I'll take the Zinfandel. Zinfandel with the crumb donut. Yeah. Riesling with the maple. And now it's time to play everyone's favorite party <laughs> game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Madlib. That's right. It's time to play the favorite fill-in-the-blank word game. You folks know how this works. Let's play. Heidi, we're going to start with you. You're, you're both going to get a chance at this. So, okay. Heidi, first, I need a year. Let's say, how about 1901? 1901. All right, going back a ways. An adjective. You guys being vintners. Crunchy. No. Okay. I was going <laughs> to say you're good with descriptors. Crunchy it is. A geographic location could be anywhere, any place. Uh, I'm thinking of one of our dive trips. How about Papua New Guinea? Papua New Guinea. And yet another geographic location. Sugar Bowl. Oh, Sugar Bowl. My playgrounds. All right. (laughs) Uh, Bo, let's turn to you. Also, a year. Uh, Let's go with uh, 1812. 1812. <laughs> an overture, an to, overture the, to this game. Yeah, yes. The British are back. Man, if the robot were here, he could fire his cannon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. An adjective. Uh, thinking of you. Flashy. F- of, of me? <laughs> Thank you. Another adjective. Uh, thinking of me. Wobugon. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> not true. <laughs> no. Making people happy. All right. And finally, another adjective. Uh, thinking of Heidi. Nice. Nice. That's a good one. Sweet. All right, here we go. Are you ready? What I did earlier is I went on to both of your respective websites, pulled off some biographical information, which you have now just rewritten via this Mad Libs game. (laughs) Heidi, we're starting with you. Oh, boy. Heidi, who loves the ocean and especially scuba diving, began making wines under her own label, La Sirena, in 1901. Well done. (laughs) Goes back a ways. Yes. Says Heidi... I was looking for a name for my wine, which would be fun and magical. La Sarina, which means the mermaid in Italian and Spanish, is a lovely expression of my two great passions. Robert Parker Jr. proclaimed her the crunchy lady of wine. (laughs) (laughs) And Time Magazine dubbed her the wine diva of Papua New Guinea. (laughs) As well as her winemaking talents, Heidi is an accomplished artist uh, and helicopter pilot and lives... In Sugar Bowl with her husband, <laughs> Bo. <laughs> now, Bo, here you go. Okay. Bo's career in the wine industry began in the summer of 1812, <laughs> right after he graduated from high school with, when his family purchased Chateau Montalena. His 40 years in the wine industry provides him with a wealth of experience that allows him year after year to bring the vintage and the vineyard to your table, and this is your quote, in a wine that is flashy, Wobegon and nice. <laughs> Heidi Barrett, Bo Barrett, thank you very much for joining us. As always, we've got Lauren Mole. I want to thank Mr. Matt Sloan for being our creative consultant on Judd's Napa Valley Show. And this is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Lamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.